Whether it's for work or play, we rely on home internet so much these days. Being connected and staying connected has never been more important. So if you want reliable internet bought you at speed, switch to Aussie Broadband. It only takes a few minutes to sign up and their 100% Australian-based support team are ready to help. Aussie Broadband, the actual Aussie way. Find out more at aussiebroadband.com.au. T's and C's apply. G'day guys and welcome back to the Dylan Friends podcast. Very excited for this guest. We've been teeing this one up for a while. He's one of the great personalities of Australian cricket, travelling the world. He's a coffee addict, haircuts and what it's like to have Virat Kohli as your bunny. The great man has done it all with plenty to come. It was an honour to sit down with him. Please enjoy. Welcome to the Dylan Friends podcast. My name is Deborah, Dylan's mum. Strap yourselves in for some light-hearted and wholesome fun. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Adam Zampa, thank you so much for coming on the Dylan Friends podcast. It's very, very exciting to have you in the studio. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. I've uh, had this on the, the calendar for a while now, so I'm glad that we could finally sit down and, and get it done, mate. I'm pretty excited. We have. I'll, I'll be honest, it's it's one of the hardest ones to tee up ever. I think it's been in the pipeline for about six months. I've probably pulled out about three times. You've probably pulled out about four times. I, I would say you've probably been harder to deal with. The pull-out method is really important. <laughs> <laughs> no, welcome to the life of a cricketer, mate. Of uh, yeah, it's a bit of a tough one to be honest. It is busy, mate, and, and we were saying before off off uh, off mic. Um, sports, sports is it's it's a hard caper. Things come up out of nowhere, so um, you're lucky, mate. We're, we're sitting down today, and I'm I'm very happy to be. Here. We're here. I found some parking somehow. Melbourne traffic at this time of the morning is pretty ridiculous. So yeah, we're here, ready to go. Traffic these days. All right, mate. Now I've done my research. You know, I'd like to do my research. New South Wales boy, Shell Harbour. Yep, Shell Harbour area. Is that where? You, is that where that's, the? That was Wikipedia. So it's that's, not. I haven't spoken to your family, but that's where it's saying it's from. <laughs> that's where the area. So yeah. I was born in a little town called uh, Warilla. Yeah. A few suburbs over from uh, Oak Flats, which is where Brett Lee was born. So it's a bit of a, a bit of a sporting area. It is. Yeah. Uh, do you know what Shell Harbour is famous for? Shell Harbour is not famous for anything. Is it, it is. There is, it? there is a claim. If there's a fun fact for you, <laughs> guess how many shipwrecks have been in Shell Harbour? Uh, Nine. <laughs> wow. Nine shipwrecks in ha- in Shells Harbour for all those people Shell's playing at Harbor. home. What's the most recent one? Doesn't matter. They should <laughs> they should call it uh, shipwreck harbour. Shipwreck harbour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a great start. Yeah. Now, mate, um, you're from New South Wales, yeah. and I used to live there. If you didn't know, two years at, at GWS Giants. I do know. I was an elite sportsman back in the day. I don't look <laughs> like it now, but I was. Uh, and I know New South Wales is famous for two things, and mainly one: rugby league. Yeah. So. My question to you, when did you realise you weren't built for rugby league? I had a crack at rugby league actually in high school um, and then my mum and dad were pretty like, mate, you're a bit bit small, spaghetti arms, so <laughs> maybe take it easy on the rugby league and concentrate <laughs> on your cricket. So yeah, that dream was dashed. I'd always like dreamt of playing for the Sydney Roosters. Really? I love I love rugby league. And that I was my team. Well, I was a Paddington boy. Yeah, of course. So, of course, you've got to jump on the yep. the, the Roosters bandwagon. Absolutely. Like, even my sporting heroes to date are still rugby league players. Brad, Obviously. Brad Fittler. Brad Fittler. Love Freddie. Um, um, I'm going to go with Anthony Minicello. Anthony Minicello. Yeah. Um, <laughs> great names. Luke Rickardson. <laughs> great. You're, great. You're, you're a mad Roosters fan. <laughs> I love the Roosters. Um <laughs> Yeah, so I was probably at the age of 12 or 13 was when I realised that rugby league was a definite no-no yeah. for me. Yeah, okay, makes sense. And, and looking at you now, mate, it, it probably wasn't your... I, I still back you in. If you wanted to do it, you probably could have. That'd be an interesting switch of codes, wouldn't it? <laughs> cricket, T20 cricket to, to NRL. Never say never. <laughs> so 
From my research as well, what's been stated is you're obviously a leg spinner, but I've heard you tried out pace, you bowled pies, so you went to medium, was too, still too slow, and then you said, no, I'm going to start doing leg spinning. Honestly, I think <laughs> I think pies is a little bit harsh. <laughs> if you ask my current teammate, Nick Maddinson, he'll tell you that my medium paces were actually medium all right. Paced, yeah. But I think there was a stage when I was around about the same age, I realised that I wasn't going to be a rugby league player. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dad was like, mate, I reckon there's a lot of batsmen around. And you're probably not going to be big enough to bowl quick, so let's try out leg spin. I so, I bought one of those. Um, I don't remember if you uh, remember the spin king. Spin, balls. I do remember them. And you used to get the ball, and it had the numbers on it, and yep. you used to put your hands in certain places of the ball, and there was instructions with it. So, like the flipper would tell you how to bowl it. So that's when I was like, I'll have a crack at this. That's incredible. That's a great story. Um- and thanks to your dad for that. That's it's, yeah. I, Sometimes I wish like my parents gave me a bit of a heads up on things that I've tried out, knowing that I was never <laughs> going to get there. So um, I'm yeah. going to note that down as a father one day. Just yeah. tell your kids, look, don't shoot for the stars. Yeah, don't. <laughs> just, just rain it down. Rain it in a little bit. Now, as a T20 cricketer you are now, you're obviously one of the biggest T20 cricketers in Australia. You're my favourite. Melbourne Stars, massive fan. Uh, and I'd love to see over your journey the hairstyles that have changed. There's been a few. And the normal thing with hairstyles, it's happened to me as well, but I feel like you've pulled it off a lot better, is I look back at my hairstyles and think, what were you thinking? Like, that was never cool. But I feel like I looked at yours and they're still, you know, you've nailed them. As much as they're not in fashion anymore, they were, you didn't die wondering with those. It might be a little bit different looking at them from the outside. Yeah. Because from my point of view, I look back and go, mate, what was that? There's one of them in particular where I'd, um, I actually had a really nice perm. You curled them? Curled them. I was in Birmingham during the Champions Trophy in 2017, and I was really bored. I had a beautiful long lock of hair, and I was like, I'm going to go get these curled. You didn't, did Finally you? curled. Well, I haven't seen this photo. There's a, there's photos on the internet, <laughs> oh, for sure. But we'll I had beautiful up. fine curls and decided to dye them blonde because I wanted to look like Jason Johannesson. <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, you haven't. Yeah. Is this recently then? It's yeah, three years ago now. <laughs> Jason so, Johannesson. Yeah, I wanted to look like him, JJ. And just that pace to get that into the. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just went ham at it, so I had that haircut for a while, and that's one that I probably look back at and go. Oh my god! We're yeah. looking at this now. Uh, it's not great. I'll be honest. Um, <laughs> you've got the headband there. Headband on as well. Jason Johannesson isn't the first thing that comes to mind. No. I don't know what is. Um, but, yeah, that one probably wasn't your best. We'll, we'll get a photo up for... It looks like a... Yeah, it's not great, that one. <laughs> it's not great. It's okay. That happens. Uh, another thing that I, I know that you love is, is your whiskey. Is that true? I do love my whiskey. And you've got yeah. a tattoo of a whiskey bottle? I have a whiskey glass tattoo A whiskey glass, me, okay. Yeah, correct. Now, I'm fascinated with whiskey. I, I, I want to like it. Like, yeah. I really want to get into it. We um, I had a wedding, you know, a couple of weeks ago. One of my best mates got married. And as a groomsman, we, we went there. I was like, you know, I was going to be sick. You know, at a wedding, like, you drink the scotch, you got yeah. the decanter, yeah. you got the cigars. Really cool. So I went out and got all that stuff for, for this wedding. It was like, I was thinking, this is going to be great. Like, this is going to be awesome. So anyway, we got there. You're going to look like you're from the Peaky Blinders. You got to look really thought, cool. Yeah, and we had the black yeah. tie on. I think I sent you a photo. Like, I was looking I I really that. good. Like, really <laughs> handsome. Um, and it was nearly the worst thing I've ever done in my life. Like, I, I can't imagine, like, I can't imagine because I did it, but I was drinking scotch for the first time and then had a cigar and I, it was like 
the probably the worst combination of things I've ever wanted. How do you get into drinking scotch? You've gone very hard. Yeah, I, I went. Well, I, I, you got to know I'm all in or nothing. Yeah. I went so hard, and I got this Japanese scotch that was like. It was pretty, like, it was a wedding, so you had to go hard at yeah. it. It wasn't a beginner's one, I don't think, and it went way was too a, hard. A hibiki or a... A hibiki, hibiki? harmony. Japanese harmony. Yes, nice yes. choice. Yes. Well, was it? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, very that's a nice choice. <laughs> Probably not with the cigar, but great choice of whiskey. And yeah. we had it, we didn't, we did it dry too, not on the rocks. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fine. Okay. Yeah, that's how you're meant to drink whiskey. So how, how many whiskeys is it going to take for me to be able to enjoy it? I, I think you've got to find your niche in it so when i first started drinking whiskey i liked um like quite peated whiskeys and I talk think, me through I, what is that so like it's more of a smoky 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 yeah. taste Smoked yeah taste. um but yeah i just enjoy like finding out different regions where they're from yeah. so like scotland when I, I actually went to edinburgh this year and um learned a little bit more about like Speyside whiskeys and isla whiskeys it's a bit of a boring topic to be honest no but. I, I i'm fascinated <laughs> because i like that with whiskey it's like you drink it and it's toxic, but then it's the aftertaste, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's ba- it's mainly it's like drinking coffee. So if yes, I drink a lot of specialty coffee as well. Like I love specialty coffee, filter coffee, V sixty pour over coffee. Yep. Like it's ridiculous. It's taken over my life actually. But um, that's that's the next. That's what I wanted to wear next with your coffee. My friend, so my friend in London. Long story short, I got this tattoo mm-hmm. of the whiskey glass. I sent it to this guy on Instagram who owns the company, and he was like, bro, that's awesome. Like The whiskey company? The whiskey company? Yeah. He's like, let's meet up. So when he was in London, I met up with him a couple of years ago now, and he was doing a whiskey tasting um, seminar, and it was awesome. It was like basically like teaching everyone how to smell whiskey properly. So like you put your mouth in the glass with your mouth open, Make and it's like it. basically like yeah teaching you how to get all the flavors out of it rather than just like getting the best bottle of japanese harmony whiskey right. with a cigar okay. and so you're basically it. saying next time fly to london yeah. catch up with this bloke yeah there's a put my mouth over a bottle yeah and i'll be loving it basically <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> perfect i just i think with whiskey there's a little bit more to it than uh yeah just smacking it down i'm gonna invest in it like I, i've never been a massive fan of um i hope you can say this brown liqueur is that yep. right? Yeah. So dark, in gen- like bourbon, like yeah, gym, yeah. like I just as a you know I had some bad memories on that yeah, as a yeah. kid. You know, and you like yeah. find out what Woodstock is and you yeah. try it and <laughs> you go to the hospital get your stomach pumped sort of thing. That was that was pretty much what happened. Since then, like I smell it and just anyway. oh, I'm the same with espresso martinis. Oh, see, I can down them. Yeah, I love I've had. Them. You love coffee. I had a real bad experience on espresso martinis. And it wasn't even like I'd had a big night on it. It was just the fact that I had one. You know when you're start, starting to come down with something? So I decided I'll go out. Callum Ferguson's 31st birthday party. Mm-hmm. Started to come down with something. I drove there and I was like, oh, I'll have a... Uh, Can't drink, man. Nah. Can't drink. Can't drive when you're coming down from something. Yes. That's two no's already. Two no's. I only had one drink and it was a bad choice. It was you had one drink and it's Espresso off martini, off. Done. And sure. I went straight home, started vomiting, and when I was vomiting, it was just black coffee, just no thanks. So I'm off espresso martinis. Okay. Well, we'll cancel them then. I was going to get some board in, in about 10 minutes just <laughs> oh, to celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies. Now, what's well documented is the word, whenever I asked anyone about yourself, rare. That was the word. Is that your word? Did you, is that self-made or do you think it's just come from being rare? No, I don't think I'm rare. I'm myself. Be yourself. I'm myself. So I, I think we are brought up. I don't want to say too many bad words, but cricketers, they become 
Losers. Oh. <laughs> Bit harsh, but yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> nah, they, they kind of blend into one sometimes yep. because they're trying to fit into the group or the dynamic of the culture and they they lose themselves a little yes. bit. So I've tried to make a conscious effort during my cricket career to just like not really give a shit about what people think or if you know what I mean. I love that, man. Because you know the quote of this show, or I hope you know the quote of this show is, is be yourself. Everyone else is taken. You live that to a T. It's fantastic. I love, I love if you it. like that quote? Yeah, I love it's it. It's great. Because <laughs> it's actually, the funny thing about this quote is we talk about it a lot, but if you are yourself, Everyone else is taken. It's actually true. You're ta- I can't be you. You're you. I can't be you. No. I'd love to be you, but I can't. You can't. <laughs> it's not. It's not possible. Um, so, no, I, I totally agree with you. It's funny with cricketers because, again, I love people that play cricket. I don't necessarily watch a lot of cricket, but I love T20 and whatnot. But one thing that's always found it really funny when you talk about cricketers try and go into the same mould is cricketers with sleeves. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like you're watching, you're watching like a test, mm. and someone's like walk around cricket. Like it's normally a really nice sort of thing, especially yeah, I, with. I, I don't want to really question people's tattoo no. choices because I've got some pretty interesting ones <laughs> myself. And I do love those tattoos. I'm talking like the full like biker sleeve, Nick when, Maddinson. Yeah, yeah, like it's just. I, I'm not saying it doesn't look good. I'm saying it's funny watching someone with cricket being a sport where it's like you said before, you fall into that category of being a bit more. Upper class, I suppose. Yeah. And then you see these guys wearing sleeves. It's just, <laughs> it's so, it's it's great. It's I awesome, love it. yeah. Be yourself. Nick Madison actually is a great exponent of it. He, um, because I, I, I've got my little dangly earring that I, I wear. I love that earring. And he wears one. He wears the same one? Yeah, and he was on commentary the other day. So, during his fielding, they're like, Matt, what's going on with the, uh, with the earring matter? And he was like, I feel good when I wear it. It's amazing. It's the great. best thing I've ever heard. It's so true though. Like, who cares? Why even ask the question? Just let the man be. I love that. I, and who had it first? I had it first. <laughs> <laughs> be yourself, Nick. It's okay. Uh, but imitation is a form of flattery, so you've got to take that as a compliment. Yeah. You're listening to the Dylan Friends Podcast. For swag merch, check out dylanfriends.com forward slash shop. One thing I would love to touch on, and again, this is, this is something well documented, uh, the bromance. Okay, you probably get sick of this, but Zoinus, I love it. Talk me through it. What's what makes you guys so special? Why do you love each other? Why? What do you guys do? Like, what's, what's something you'd hang out and do? Because I want to hang out with you guys. So I'm just trying to think, like, what can I do to do that? Zoinus is an interesting dynamic, actually. Mm. Um, it's been around for a few years now. Stoin, it's it's a little bit yin and yang. Mm-hmm. So we first found our relationship like start because of like literally just on tour somewhere and like cricket's one of those tough things if you go on away on a tour and you're away for a long time like you find yourself stuck in your hotel room but it's nice to have someone i think we just put in a really big effort to like go and get coffees with each other and then i just fell in love with the bloke and he fell in love with me and it was literally just over it's plutonic yeah just like i know we talk about cricket a little bit but yeah he's just a he loves shopping like i do like vintage shopping and likes his bloody off-white boutique shopping as well which i'm not quite into yet but he's got way more cash than i do he's got a lot of cash but yeah zoinus is um it's good we love playing for the melbourne stars like that's one thing that we really bond over is like this time of the year playing for the melbourne stars we absolutely love that club more than anything and we all love that club i'm a i'm a big melbourne stars fan i want to be the number one ticket next year good so you can come to the finals as well i'm going to come to the finals yeah uh with that as well because one thing you you resonated with me with you talking about zoinus is my favourite thing about sport in general is the people you meet in that, okay, you, you're like, you know, the top 
team or like most talented people all around Australia. And the dynamic of groups is so different. Like you said before, you've got some guys that are fully committed to this, some guys that want to do other things, they're playing cricket. Like there's no, do you know what I'm sort of saying? There's no like person that's the same. And my favorite thing when I played footy was meeting people that because you're in the same team, you know them. But if you weren't playing cricket or footy, there's no way you'd hang out ever. Do you think that's with, with him? Like if you guys, just say you went to the same school, would necessarily of your interest drawn you together? Or were you forced together very, because of... That's a very interesting question, actually, because... Thank you. <laughs> very good one. Um, hard to say, because I am very, very much an introvert. So you kind of, like, draw yourselves to other introverts. So Stoyan, who likes spending time with himself more than anyone, like, loves... If you go to the hotel room, he's music is blaring and if you like message him say like you can hear you can stand outside his room and go what are you up to ding the music will stop for a second and then basically he won't reply but he just loves his own time so don't know it's a really interesting question i don't know he has a lot of like mates in perth and they go on boat parties together which is not really something that i'm into i'd rather like Uh, raft up yeah drive my mustang around which is probably (laughs) he has absolutely no interest in either so um yeah i don't know Good question. question, Opposites attract. I want to say a name, okay? And you have to say the first thing that comes to mind when I say this name. Virat Kohli. Bunny. (laughs) (laughs) Now, every person I've asked is to to chat about this because I love this. Virat Kohli, obviously one of the best batsmen of all time. And you've got him. You've, he's, he's your bunny. Talk he's, me through um, it. Why do you, do you want to say good day to him? He's just, <laughs> he's just in here. Seven he's times. referring to his pocket. Virat Kelly's in his. Virat Kelly's in his pocket now. And I, you know what? He probably could be. Um, talk me through the last few encounters with you two. And do you think? Well, we know he's already scared. But what would he be thinking next time that you guys come up against each other? In all honesty, I don't think I really have much on him. Oh come been... on! <laughs> I've got him a couple of times early in his innings. So, like, one-day cricket, he's really good because he, like, knows how to play the pace of the game. He doesn't really play too many rash shots early. So, to get him early is a really big deal. So, that's probably happened out of the seven times, probably three. And then the other times have just been opportunistic chances. So, like, he'll be on 90 and he'll hit one up to long off and the catch will be taken. And I'm, like, in my head, I'm, like... Yeah, it's me, baby. That's that's Virat again. I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, he, he can go in the pocket with the other three or four times. Have you actually said that to him before? Absolutely not. Well, why not? Because he's so scary, mate. <laughs> he's so you scary. know he's a big fan of the show. He's going to be listening <laughs> to this. He, um, yeah, he's just like really intense. He like So I, when I play cricket, I really like to just go through the motions a little bit, like get my four overs done, get my ten overs done, get in the contest and then just get out of there. Like I'm not one for like, sledging or anything yep. like that he he looks you in the eye like he's like gonna get you kind of thing yeah, it's made my heart race ever you just doing that to me has made me sort of anxious yeah, already like he looks at you like i'm gonna get you today big fella not for me vera yeah but good on him he's uh obviously it works for him yeah be yourself be yourself have you got any other bunnies anyone else you want to throw under the bus out there um i've got rohit sharma I put, it seems that we play against india quite a hell of a lot so Rohit Sharma four times. Um, See ya. That's about it. That's about it, to be honest. What about any of the Australian boys just in the nets that you just can't knock? Aaron Finch. Oh, Finchy. I get Finchy out a lot, yeah. actually. He tries to hit me for six basically every ball, though, so he obviously rates me quite highly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to tell you a couple of my bunnies. All right, here we go. I've got, uh, we've got a while. I've got a few. What do you uh, bowl? No, no, this is just in life. Okay. In, in life, bunnies. 
Number one, we broke the Lydia. Yeah. Uh, especially on the MCG. I've taken him to the square that many times. It's embarrassing <laughs> for him. So he's just nearly 300 game legend. Um, and yeah, he's, you know, I embarrass him every time we lay up against each other. He's lucky that I went up to the Giants because I was on his team. But um, prior to that, it was embarrassing for young Brett. Uh, my second one's Tommy Sheridan. Um, I don't know if you know Tommy Sheridan. He's just another one of my my good friends and teammates. We wrestle a lot. And he's the only bloke that makes me feel like Hulk Hogan. Yeah. It's embarrassing. Like he is one of the weakest, sloppiest units I've ever come across. And what? if you ever need a, a pump up. Wrestle him. Wrestle him. What move do you go for? Oh, anything. Like, I could do anything. I could armbar him, choke a hold. Yep. He, he just tap out. He, he's very, very... He gives up. Mentally mentally fragile. Hmm. Uh, my third one is just pretty much the whole Melbourne Demons list in 2016. Yeah. Um, played them played with one game in the MCG. Kicked three against them from outside 70. Nice. So I'd have to just put them... I'd have to put them... <laughs> All on my list for being my bunnies. It's just that year, though. From outside, seven. yeah, outside. It'd have to be just that year in general, and I'd pretty much just have to say MCG in general as well. Um, never played a bad game there. It, lifts so you, does it would just list me, yeah. and some guys. Maybe quibble. you could come to the semi-final on Friday night. I'll come. Yeah, easily because we need that. I'll come at the end just give the boys a rev up. It's a vibe. It, it's definitely a vibe. It's a vibe. So those four are probably my bunnies. Yeah. Um. And it's well documented. Uh, the stats are there. Now, we're talking about stars. You play in Melbourne. You're from Sydney. But you, you lived in Adelaide. Live in Adelaide. You do live in Adelaide yep. now. Yeah. How, how does that work? Um, it's a nomadic lifestyle, basically. Um, so I also play for Essex for two months of the year in England. Yes. So I'm in London for two months. And the, what's the Jamaican Talawalas? Talawas was a CPL team that I played for. Is that this year as well? No. no. Last year? No, no more CPL for me. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so moved to South Australia seven years ago for opportunity in shield cricket. Right. Two years after that, signed with the Melbourne Stars. So, basically, all ties are done with New South Wales other than the fact that my family still live there. I love New South Wales, but my family still live there, but at the moment... Yeah, basically, I have a house in Adelaide, and Melbourne Stars is where I play BBL. Where does your where's home? Where's your heart lie? Because this is hard for me because I'm from Victoria. Oh, I've lived in Sydney. You're can from. I, can I have two answers or one answer? We you got to you got to tell me where does your heart lie and where will you end up? My heart lies in Melbourne. Absolutely love the city. Mm-hmm. I think it's the best city in Australia. Wow. Um, probably helps that I play for the Melbourne Stars too. Like, uh, as I said to you before, I absolutely love the club, love this time of year. We stay on Chapel Street at the Olsen, so, yeah, we have a pretty good time. I will end up, and my heart lies, on the northern rivers of New South Wales. So... Byron Bay. Byron Bay? River. Oh, up that way? Oh, 100%. I thought you were saying the Hawkesbury. That's northwestern, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. You're talking, yeah, northern, northern yeah, right up there. Byron Bay. Right. 100%. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Just like the the idea of like some of my partner's family live pretty close to that. My family in New South Wales, so hopefully they'll move closer. Yeah. If I do, Byron Bay's. We could be neighbours, man. We could be because I'm a Victorian. Yep. Born and bred, but I was like that. Melbourne and Victoria have this like massive thing where I don't know if you know this, but like everyone from Victoria thinks they're the best. You know, like, oh come on, we're Victoria. You know, we're the best. Yeah. And then you get to Sydney. And Sydney's like, we don't care. Like, you can be the best. That's all good. Like, we have no interest. We have no interest. Like, That's a perfect you know. way to put it, actually. Yeah, yeah. Like, we don't really 
care what you think. Like, you can do what you think. That, so, you, your background in AFL would probably be a little bit similar to... So, I find that Sydney and Victoria are very much like in cricket. Shut up, Queensland. Yeah, well, Queensland aren't even in this discussion, to be honest. <laughs> Queensland, shut up. You're just a bunch of bogans. No one cares. <laughs> You're not the best. No one cares. You're not the only state in Australia. Piss off. So, in cricket, it's... And obviously, having a New South Wales background, yeah. rugby league, it was always head-to-head. Oh, of course, with the league. With and, state yeah. of origin. So, to me, Queensland is that state where you it's You got like, the rivalry there? Yeah. Yes. So, when once I got to Sydney and realised that, I was like, Sydney's just... I, I have this love with Sydney where, you know, I'm from Melbourne. I absolutely love it here. Where would I love to live one day? I think I'd love to go back to Sydney and, and finish up there. And when I say Sydney, I'm sorry, I mean New South Wales, that coast, because... Yeah. My uh, my fiance as well, like yours, absolutely loves it mm. that way. But you never know; you can't make plans too far in the future. You're listening to the Dylan Friends podcast. Check the tweets at Dylan underscore Buckley. Now, again, I want to touch on a bit of cricket now. So your progression through the the BBL, and this is well reported. You, you're honestly one of the top three spinners in easily in the in the in the world. Would you say? You happy to say that? Okay, I'm happy, I'm, to, say I'm happy to say that. Yeah, good. <laughs> what's What's been your progression in that? How have you? How do you think you've got to that stage? I'm talking. What goes into the the game examination of when you're coming up against batsmen? How far? Because you said you're pretty relaxed about how you approach a game, but what's it like pre-game? You know, what, what sort of efforts do you go into before that? Mindset for me is pretty important and something that I've probably learnt along the way. Um, my 2020 career in particular started off, as it does for any young person, started off with mixed results. Um, but, yeah, when I moved to the Stars, I think I got a bit of confidence just from the back of playing at, like, the MCG. I was playing with Kevin Peterson. KP was coming out in the media saying, Zamp should be playing for Australia. I got picked for Australia. And then ever since then, my progression has been very much about... So, like, so I mean, I'm... Leg spin bowler, but I'm happy to admit that I'm not the most skillful. So I'm not like Rashid Khan where every ball you're like, well, is this going to be a wrong one or a leg spinner? So for me, I'm not the most skillful bowler in the world, but I do have characteristics that a lot of other blokes don't. So I always want to bowl. I want the ball in my hand, even if it's the grand final and there's 12 runs to win off the last over, I want to fucking bowl it. Mm. So I just love the contest and that's probably something that has made me one of the best. Yeah. No, I love keep that. It, keep it really simple. Like, I do a little bit of research on batsmen, but once I get out there, I just like basically, read it. yeah, see red in terms of getting into the contest and just go and do it. Thousands of Aussies trust Aussie broadband to keep them connected to the world, even when they're on the go. Because as well as reliable home internet, Aussie broadband also offers flexible mobile plans with super generous data allowances and no locking contracts. Their 100% Australian-based support team are ready to help you make the switch. It only takes a few minutes. Aussie broadband. The actual Aussie way. Search Aussie Broadband Mobile to find out more. T's and C's apply. Alrighty, guys, do me a favour. My mates up in Sydney at the world-renowned Batuta Advocate have started a new podcast. It's free and exclusively on Spotify. It's called Generation Batuta, and it's set in the local Batuta station, Desert Rock FM, coming live each week, released on Friday. Before Dad tucks you in tonight and gives you a kiss on the lips, make sure you check it out. 
G'day listeners, Louis Burke here with Generation Batuta, the stories that matter to you and the other five members of your share house. Open your ears and blow your minds as our weekly youth program brings you stories about pill testing, climate change and a cheeky story about sex to make sure you listen until the end. I am, you are, we are, Generation Batuta. Generation Batuta. Tune in now on Desert Rock FM, or if you don't live in Batuta, listen free, only on Spotify. And there it is. I love it. And even better, it's free, but only on Spotify. Illy. You're listening to the Dylan Friends Podcast. And I love what you said before about mindset, because I'm a big fan of mindset. I think mindset's everything. Mindset would be 99% of things. People say it's 50-50, talent. I think mindset is just everything. What would you say your mindset is? I know you said you see red, but in terms of, like, determination, gratitude. Do you, do you think about these things a lot as well? Do you feel like they help you to, to get to where you have been? Yeah, definitely. Um, gratitude is something that you learn slowly probably, um, especially being a young guy playing for Australia. You can um, take that for granted, but I think you know, being almost 28 years old now, that's something that's really important. But yeah, determination. I think my cricket career has always been the way that I see it, so some other people might feel the same way about their careers, but the way that I see my career, it's always been like Adam Zampa, but we're looking for someone to take his spot. Even as like a 15-year-old, there was always like, there's someone else from the city. I'm from the country of New South Wales. We're going to go with the city guy first just because... It's easy. Yeah, he looks like a better player. Like Adam Zampa's bowling action's not a beautiful bowling action. So there's always been like, you know, there's Adam Zampa, but I think we can find someone better kind of thing so I always have been really determined to be like fuck you mm. <laughs> basically so and like I'm proud of what I've done now in terms of like you know played T20 cricket around the world and now I'm you know played almost 80 internationals for my country so there hasn't been a lot of wrist spinners in the last, like since Shane Warne that have done that so um, it's pretty something that I'm proud of oh, it's incredible man you definitely should be proud of it uh, you touched on international cricket then. What's it like, international cricket? Because I know when I was playing footy, you get away with the boys. It's awesome. And I see I, I, I'm a, a good friend of the show is Mitch Marsh. He's a, he's a great character. And, and I feel when they're away playing cricket, it's it's a lot of cricket, but there's a lot of fun that goes on as well. It depends where you go, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, Give me some of the best places and then maybe some of the not-so-best places to have fun. I hate to shit-mouth places that we go because yeah. a lot of our fans are from those places but like in terms of and we have fans everywhere on this show yeah i can imagine (laughs) the toughest place to travel by far is india is it it like what you you know is it because it's incredibly amount of people there it's it's ridiculous it's so busy um so basically a, a typical day in india say like even a typical week in india you land at the airport you get police escorted on a bus because the fans are crazy. So the fans are crazy and, and the traffic's ridiculous. So if you land in Mumbai to get from the airport to the hotel would be, if you didn't have the police escort, it would be probably three hours. Wow. And with the police escort, it probably takes an hour and 45 to two hours. It's ridiculous. You wake up the next morning, you go training and it's hazy and it's hot. You can't breathe. And How hot are we talking? Like anywhere between 35 and 40 degrees, but extremely extremely muggy and muggy and then once you get back from training to the hotel you're not allowed to leave the hotel 
You're allowed. You're allowed to leave and go somewhere close. Why is coffee. it because of just? Well, you can leave. You can leave, but you basically got to go in groups of four, five, six with a police escort. He'll take you to get your coffee. Is that your danger, room. or just because it's just the the fans? Uh, or? If you want, yeah, the fans basically are the. Um, there's there'll be hundreds of people standing outside your hotel waiting for um, a selfie, or they call it a click. A few clicks. I'm sure you got a few of them. Um, yeah, India's in terms of tough places to travel. India's there's good parts about it, but it's probably one of the toughest. Um, I love Indian food. The best tour I've ever been on by far was um, Caribbean. Oh, that'd be nice. Harriet came over for a couple of weeks as well. Your beautiful fiance. My Harry. beautiful fiance. And Nathan Coulton I was on that tour. It was a few years ago now, and his um, partner was there as well. And basically, all we did for the whole time was drink pina coladas and <laughs> and stand up paddleboard. In, Bar- in the blue Barbados Ocean, so that's beautiful. Yeah, maybe I might try try cricket. Yeah, <laughs> I think I picked the wrong sport. Um, talking about cricket, especially those one day games. One thing I'm always fascinated out because it's with footy as well. Like you've got a number, right? And you, you often you don't really get to pick your number unless you're a gun and you come across. So I never got to pick mine. And um, is that right? I thought you guys all picked your numbers. Well. No, you know, the first, whatever's available, normally if you get drafted to a team, whoever's first pick will get first choice. But, you know, if you go on third pick in the rookie draft, you sort of just take them whatever's left. Yep. Hence why I was wearing 43. Okay, <laughs> it's not the most popular number. Let's get around. It is now, but it wasn't at the time. I made it cool. Um, what's a go with cricket? Because I've noticed, you know, you wear 88, okay? And I love that. Because obviously, I, I'm going to guess that you've picked that. I have picked that. Okay. And then there's these other guys that, Rock up and I don't want to name names, but they've picked like five, seven, four, and they're trying to. I just feel like they're trying to be like the Nathan Buckley of Big Bash. I think so. Is that fair? I'm fair. I'm happy to say I, I agree with you on that one. I think a lot of it has to do with like ex players. So cricketers obviously all love watching footy, so yeah, okay. it's all about like their favourite footy players. Right. Or to be honest with you, I don't really know or ask the questions. Yeah, but. So, like, some other people, for example, have just been given numbers when they were kids. Yep. And they've just run with it. So, but I, yeah, I picked... Why 88? I picked 88. Just, eight um, was taken, just thought. Eight squared and uh, eight just, doubles. It's just a nice looking number. It does look good. Yeah. That's it. 43? No. <laughs> it's probably taken. Yeah. It's probably taken. There's a long list for that. Nathan um, Horrocks, 43. Horace, that's why he's a good player. Him? That's why he's a great player. Do you remember him? Yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> one thing I with the, with the numbers, just want to touch on my time, is test cricket. Now they do numbers. Yes or no? No. To know from me? No. Stay, like I think that's a big bash thing or a one-day thing. Definitely. Looks awesome on that. Like love it. I love the colour and love the numbers, but test cricket, you don't need it. No. You don't need a number. Big big fat no from me. Send that to the, uh, the governor's chiefs. You're listening to the Dylan Friends Podcast. When's my episode on? There's another one that I love, this story, and you can, again, can confirm or deny this story. Basically, one day, I don't know who this was for, but one day you're going into finals and basically something had happened where it was a semi-final or an elimination final and your coach said to you guys, look, we need X amount of wickets to win this game. Or might be we need someone out to win this game. And anyway... He made the call. He said, we need to go in, we need a bat, we need a bat, we need a bat. Anyway, after the game, you end up losing by five wickets or something, or five runs, and he stuffed up what you were actually meant to do. Oh, no. So, 
<laughs> so post game, he's sent a me- He's feeling terrible as you are because you're out of the finals. Yep. After the game, he sent a message in the boot in in the in the team group. He's feeling flat. He's you know all the boys are hurting. Obviously, you're a team, so you stick together in these moments. <laughs> and he sent a message in the boot, heartfelt heartfelt message saying, "Boys, you know this is my fault. I stuffed up. We're going to get strong together." We're going to get him back. We're going to come back next year. We're going to be bigger and better. We're just going to stay together. I know we're hurting, but, um, you know, I love you as whatnot. He sent it into the group. After 30 seconds, no one's replied. And the, and the, the first thing that people see, Adam Zampa has left the group. It's <laughs> uh, a true story. Um, I'm not going to name names, but as I said to you earlier, absolutely love winning. And so little bit more background on this i have never won anything so ipl second place which are they're tough to win ipls second mm-hmm. place cpl second uh big bash second twice sheffield shield second twice list a cricket so like domestic cricket in one day cricket for south australia second twice i've won coming second this I love coming second. I won a Vitality Blast last year for for Essex, which was awesome. So I'm on the board. But back then, yeah, I really wanted to win something. And basically what happened was we got told that we needed to win with a bonus point in this game. Okay. Go out there. Everyone starts swinging. The, the bat around gets caught. So many balls going straight up the chimney. And then we lose the game. We then figure out later that night that all we had to do was win the game. And we were going to win it easy. So, yeah. I do love leaving a WhatsApp group too. I feel feel like it's just a big statement. There's honestly nothing worse. Like, that's... Let's like, you know, when you... Someone replies like, K? If you just leave the group, that's like... That's even worse than a K. Yeah. K would have been funny, but leave group is... I think it's just a big statement. Have you chatted since? Yeah. Yeah. He's a a current coach. He's he's a current coach? (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. We got over it quite quick, though. Um, he yeah. needs to grow up, I think, that bloke. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, this is one thing, again, I want to touch on. You're, you're a vegan. Mm-hmm. Talk me through that transition. When did it change? When did it happen? What? Years ago. Um, it was a slow um, burn. So, it actually started off with... Um, so, I met my fiance at the moment, Harriet. She started going vegetarian for dietary reasons and my dad who was already vegan so um naturally i started to eat more vegetarian meals never been a big meat eater but i started to like get rid of a few things it, ba- it basically happened i went home to mum and dad's in shell harbour and dad he's a beautiful man beautiful man he loves like buying loaves of bread and just finding random cows and just like sits there with them for hours just feeds them and just like That's spending beautiful. time with them yeah so he's like mate come on get in the car we're gonna go do this you're gonna come with me and i was like oh, dad i got no interest but i did it anyway hardly get home anymore so i was like i'll spend a bit of time with your dad and then i started feeding bread to these cows and i was like i'm done i can't eat i can't eat this absolutely no way there's i can like see this as a sentient being and then go away and eat a steak so that was like the start of it didn't eat steak ever again um and then slowly just started to get rid of the other things too so like chicken ended up getting rid of like all meat and dairy um probably two and a half years after that and then 
I was still eating fish but not having dairy and then got rid of fish probably six months later so yeah it's it's because again I look I'm not a vegan but my a bit like yourself my fiance is a vegetarian so she cooks vegetarian she's been vegetarian for like four years two years ago like I used to just buy my own meat and add it to you know what she was eating because I was like you know I'm a footy player I've got to get big and strong mm-hmm. never happened but like I was thinking it was yep. going to it was meant to, but it, it was meant. To, oh, I was getting too big, yeah, exactly. And um, so, like, I kept doing that. But then I was a little bit the same, like in terms of well, I haven't eaten meat now for probably six months. And in saying that, like, there's been little bits and pieces here where you know you've had like ten beers and you think that that's a, something, and it's end up being something else. I can't, to be honest with you, I I can't see myself going vegan just because of I still have a belief that like you can. You, you can use something from an animal. I don't believe in the export. And this is, again, very contradicting because it's where I'm at right now. But I still think that, like, on Earth, like, if we have animals there and it's not over over farming and you've got... You live on your farm, right? You're taking something from an animal, like dairy or something. I still sort of feel like that's okay. But in terms of vegetarian, I still eat salmon, whatnot. But I honestly think it's one of the best things I've ever done in terms of um, the way that I feel. Plus, yeah, just, like, the knowledge of it. So, like, you're right. So... There's, there's, um, we're not, you can never really be fully vegan. So mm. like, like we play, I play cricket, so we use a leather ball. So there's, unfortunately, it's just the way it is. There's still going to be animal products being used. So, you know, like for example, Peter Siddle, he's vegan. He has his own chooks. He gives his eggs to his friends, which is a lot different to, you know, you going out and buying caged eggs or free yeah. range eggs or anything. So like, yeah, there's still going to be animal products that we can use, that's for sure. But, um, yeah, it's just like reducing your impact on it. Um, yeah, like like um, farming's, like for a vegan, it's it's awful. Um, but, yeah, it's just one of those things where, like, if you cut down on your meat, the your impact on the, on the earth and the animals is severely reduced. Yeah, it's incredible. No, like you said, once you get to know it and you feel it and... It seems like something that's so far away, but if you actually just try it, and it's it's amazing what you can do. But anyway, through that as well, I know you love your animals because you've got a greyhound that you adopted, yeah, and you've adopted a goat. Yeah, is so, that true? Yeah. Have you still got it? No, I've still got the goats. Yeah. I got sorry in Melbourne. No, they're not in Melbourne. Okay. They're in Adelaide. Okay. So um, when I bought the property that I've got at the moment in Adelaide, yep. um, Harriet's um, mum, who lives in, lived in the Northern Territory. Her auntie had a goat who I think um, just had no, she had no use for basically. Um, So her mum was like, How would you feel if I drove the goat down to you guys? And we're like, Yeah, we've got 10 acres now, so yeah, bring it down. (laughs) So we have this goat now. Just choose the grass. But then I was away probably a few months later, and Harriet's calling me going, I feel like Molly, her name's Molly, the goat, Mm -hmm. Molly's getting fatter. And I'm like, no. Yeah, she's definitely getting fatter every day, every day. She's getting fatter and fatter. Turns oh, out what? she's pregnant, yeah. Who impregnated her? Uh, whoever whoever she was close to before she, the drive. So, so she didn't meet you? She didn't introduce you to no, her partner before? No, we'd, we'd never met You didn't partner. approve of this no, at all? I didn't approve of this. Um, but yes, yeah, Harriet helped the goats give birth while I was away. Come Holy shit. And I had two. So little... now you've got goaties. Got, yeah. Well, they're they're grown up now. What are the goats called? Ba- like baby goats. Um, goats. Goats. Kids, kids. Yeah, children. Okay. Kids. Fantastic. Yeah. 
So you got a couple of them. Now. Did you? Are they? Have you still got them as well? Got those goats as well. Yeah. Holy yeah. crap! They're a little family. They just uh, eat the weeds and the. Um, yeah, they love hay. Just chilling out in the sun. They're awesome. And how does the greyhound get along? The... Nah, they. I've got a bulldog as well. Okay. So a bulldog and a greyhound, and the bulldog is pretty feisty in terms of getting anywhere near the goats. So yeah. The greyhound. Greyhound's fine. He's, yeah. he's dumb as dog shit. But... <laughs> You're listening to the Dylan Friends Podcast. Keep it down, you two. All right, mate. I'm just going to touch on a few little questions about yourself just to get to know you on a deeper level. What did you want to be when you grew up? I'm talking before you knew you wanted to be a cricketer. What was the first job that came to mind? To be honest with you, it was cricket the whole time. Wow. Yeah, but it was test cricket. Okay. So growing up, I actually started playing what they call now Milo cricket. It was kanga cricket. Kanga, yep. So, yeah, I played a bit of kanga cricket by the age of three or four. So the whole time I was like, I want to be a cricketer. And it's panned out a little bit differently because at the time, if you said to me, Adam, in 25 years' time, you have going to play no test matches and 130 T20s, I would have been like, what's a T20? But okay. <laughs> um, Go with it. Yeah. It was definitely, my dream was always be a test cricketer. That's but, great. We've achieved it. Well, not really, but... <laughs> I'll take it anyway. What is a moment that's changed your life? What's got you to where you are now? Meeting Harriet um, is an obvious one. Mm-hmm. She, yeah, meeting meeting love of your life obviously changes your life. Um, How did you meet? At a pub in Brisbane. <laughs> um, and then I asked her out on a date two years later. Two years? What were yeah. you doing, sending letters or something? I was taking down all those places I told you about. In oh, oh, that word bar. <laughs> and yeah, okay. Okay. Um, yeah, and then the other one is probably the passing of um, Phil Hughes. So that like really changed my perspective on on cricket. I was obviously there that day playing that game. Um, so yeah, that changed my life ridiculously. Um, yeah, just obviously he was a huge reason why I moved to South Australia. He was always like, "Brass, come, like it's so good down here. I'll get you here." So basically. After he said that to me, I got the offer from South Australia to move down. He was amazing, like one of my like real good mates at New South Wales. But then when I moved to South Australia, um, yeah, our friendship blossomed. Um, so when that happened, it really changed my perspective on the way that I like. I felt like people dealt with it. Like I, I was quite angry, um, angry, sad, but also gave me a real different perspective on how I see like my cricket career as well like if you told me tomorrow my my job you're not going to get another contract I'd see that probably a lot differently now I'd be probably probably okay with it you know because mm. um, yeah it's just a game of cricket yeah no I couldn't agree more and I think that it takes something like that to have that perspective and I've said this on a, a one of a podcast before but I've you know had a similar thing sort of happened like one of my best mate passed away in a car accident when I was when I was 21 and I think, like you said before, you get really angry because you think like, you know when people say, my most hated thing that people say is everything happens for a reason. I go... Or it is what it is. It is what it is. And yeah, you're like, well, that. what reason is that? Like, yeah. what? Like, just because I have perspective now, I'd rather him... I'd rather have no perspective and have him than that, okay? That, that yeah. doesn't outweigh that. Yeah. But I think one thing that makes me feel better about it is the, what people say, the quote, is, it's not what happens, it's how you react to it. Yeah. So, you know, it's not that that's happened. It's just like I can go, 
two ways from this. Like, you know, that's happened and, and it fucking, it sucks. Yeah. And it's the worst. But what you can go, it, it's it's pretty much the same thing, but it just sounds better, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know what you're trying to say. I, I was really angry with the way, so like, it's a long time ago now. It's like, it's almost, it's over five years ago now, mm. which is, seems ridiculous to me. But, um, yeah, the fact that the funeral was televised, um, yeah, just just little things like that made me really angry and then it probably turned me into a worse person the way that I treated people at the time so it's a really good learning curve for me if like that ever happened to me again he's the only close friend that I've ever lost um so yeah if I that ever happens to me again I'll be in a much better place to to handle it but um yeah that 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 moment in particular was like a huge turning point in my career career in my life it was it was tough definitely definitely what is your motto? You don't have to have one. It's more like, what's your what's your mantra that you live by? Stephen Fleming, who was the old Stars coach, was really into like little things like that. And one that really stuck with me that he told me was, be where your feet are. So basically, you know, I'm here right now with you, so give it everything you've got um, and not worry about what's happened or what's what's coming up. So it's, it is tough to... It's harder to say than uh, tough, harder to do than than to say. Um, but yeah, I really like that motto. Be I where love your that feet are. I've never heard that. Yeah, it's Goosebumps. awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna use that. Yeah, it's really good. So, yeah, that's awesome. It. And last question, man. What's next? What's next for you? What's your goals? So, um, get married. Getting Exciting. married in April. I'm sorry, I can't make that as well. That's right. Mate. <laughs> your invite got lost. With yeah, dodges. must have. <laughs> must have. Must be sent it to Sydney, not Melbourne. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's an exciting. This year is going to be really exciting because I've got that, and then there's a new format of cricket starting in England called the Hundred Ball Comp, and oh. I'm playing in that for Birmingham. Lovely. Um, What's it, what is it? It's basically um, hundred balls. It's a hundred balls, so there'll be a big uh, screen at the, every ground that basically counts down a hundred to zero. Um, you bowl two overs from one end. So what they're trying to do is squeeze a T20 into... It's like a smaller T20 sort of thing. Basically, an yeah. innings will take 55 minutes instead yeah. of 85. Um, so that's going to be exciting. Um, but yeah, like, I, as I said to you before, like Byron Bay is something that is serious for Harry and I. So yeah. a bit of real estate there is like our goal. Um, huge, huge dreams. Um, but that's something that we're we're working towards, so... Awesome, man. That's what's next for me. That's great, bro. Look, that's uh, that's all I've got for you, mate. You've you've delivered uh, above and beyond. It's been an incredible chat. Um, again, I thank you so much for your, for your time, and uh, I can't wait for Melbourne Stars games. Can't wait for a couple of whiskeys. Can't wait to see you there. And whiskey. I'm there, and uh, I can't wait to uh, see our friendship blossom over the next fifty years. Thanks for having me, mate. I really enjoyed it. Time actually went way too quick. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Dylan Friends Podcast. The show is produced by Dylan Buckley and Luca Ganano. Richard Stansbury looks after the audio and editing. Samuel Kenny Creative is responsible for branding and graphic design. And the show is recorded at 3AW Studios, Collins Street, Melbourne. If you would like to contact my son, head to dylanfriends.com or look me up in the white pages and I'll pass it on. 